and welcome to Sound of the Moment. I'm your host, Pat Cleaver, and this is the bi-weekly show featuring conversations with musicians about jazz, music, and more. I release new episodes every second Monday. Please subscribe wherever you like to get your podcasts to remain updated. If you want to be in touch with me, you can do that via Twitter at Pat Cleaver. You can like the Sound of the Moment page on Facebook and message me there, or you can email me directly at pat at soundofthemoment.com. I plan to keep the show free to listen to and download, but if you do feel like supporting me and helping me with covering costs of production and hosting, there is a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash soundofthemoment. You can make one-off or monthly donations over there, and thank you so much to those of you who already support me in that way. This is episode number 43 for the 24th of June 2019. My guest is bassist and pianist Ernst Kledem. As this episode releases, he is currently crowdfunding a combined book and CD that contains his drawings as well as his music. You'll hear all about this in just a moment, but first, here is some music. This is a solo piece entitled Mist Bass. Ernst Hledem is my guest today on the show. Uh, Ernst, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Man. I always like to begin with the most obvious question, which is tell people a bit about who you are, where you come from, just kind of generally um, your background, what you're up to, that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm Ernst, and um, I come from the east of... The Netherlands, which is only a hundred kilometers uh, away, mm-hmm. and I moved to Amsterdam when I was uh, twenty to study double bass. Yeah, 
at the conservatory in classical. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here sitting at Pat Cleaver's table in his beautiful <laughs> studio. <laughs> and it's uh, and many years have passed. Yeah. And I'm still a bass player. <laughs> but not only I've I found out it's more uh, it's about more than only bass playing. Mm-hmm. That's what it sums up, sort of. Yeah, um, it it seems like it's a lot more than just bass playing with you because we are um, what we're going to get round to talking about uh, your project that you're currently crowdfunding, which is a collection of drawings and recordings. Um, and I think besides that, there's also an obvious point that we should touch on, which is the piano, because um, you've made a lot of records as a piano player as well. Um, maybe let, let's start with this crowdfunding project and and see where we go from there. Um, so tell me about the drawings. So obviously you are, um, and I feel like you're you're um, somewhat humble in in your description of yourself because you are kind of uh, one of the leading figures of bass playing in this country and and a member of the ICP orchestra and all that stuff. So um, people are probably aware of who you are already, I suppose. But where where does the drawing come in? As far as I understood, you, you've been drawing your entire life and it was kind of a bit of a toying, cost whether you, uh, toying coin toss whether you were going to like go into visual arts or go into music. Is that is that a fair? Yeah, that, that, that's actually right. So I did, um, you know, like any, any uh, kid, you... St- you draw, it's quite normal, you do it at school, and uh, I was loved, loved doing it. I did it during the, the music lessons of my mother. I, I went with her to the music school, and I sat actually under the piano and uh, <laughs> made drawings and uh, soak up this piano music. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that oh, this all gave a very good feeling. And then later on in my uh, as as a teenager, um, I have some not skill, but I have uh, how do you say that um, in Dutch would be uh, handigheid. Yeah. I, can, I can move the pencil and uh, or whatever. Yeah. I can move it on the paper. It feels good and it looks kind of good. Yeah, <laughs> I got compliments for it. Yeah, in the class, you know, like that. So it it becomes. Uh, yeah, it becomes a thing, and I was really interested in and in, uh, in in the shops where they sell stuff and uh, to look at it and to. <laughs> I was really interested. In it. Yeah, and looking in, at books with uh, Rembrandt etchings or the uh, Albrecht Dürer drawings or whatever. Yeah, buying books about drawing, mm-hmm. how to draw a head and hands. Yeah, by uh, the in the Grumbacher Library. It's these books you. You can still buy them. Yeah, I was fascinated, and uh, at certain point, um, yeah, first learning the guitar, learning to play the piano, mm-hmm. later playing bass. That the music took over totally. Yeah, and then I, the, I'm, I think I had to make a choice to, to uh, you know, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. So it became it became the music. Yeah. But so, uh, as far as I understand, you continued drawing that entire time, and 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 what you're kind of crowdfunding right now is sort of the kind of a forty year look back over things that you worked on. Yeah, it is. It, 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 I mean, I actually don't, I don't like to do it because it's better to look forward, you know. And there's <laughs> and there's and there's enough to to look forward, but um, yes, it's. Um, I need this uh, looking back. I need to uh, to digest w- what has happened, mm-hmm. also to to um, to define what not has happened yet. So, um, especially in the music, you know, like I <clears throat> I like to write pieces, not that often, but uh, I do. Things come out, mm-hmm. but also sometimes I I might write a piece of music, and then when I listen back. Uh, a week later, I might conclude that I actually did this piece before. It only has a little different form, mm-hmm. or but the content might be actually totally <laughs> the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So um, it's about digesting what is uh, 
what has been done and what not has been done. Yeah. And is this the first time that you're kind of showing your uh, your visual art publicly? Like have you done have you done stuff before? I know it's fairly like um I wasn't going to I was going to say fairly common, but I suppose it's not that common, but like uh, often if you are exploring two different avenues of 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 expression in that way that you find ways to bring them together. Is this really kind of the first time that you're doing this or have you done Not really because in a way like in in uh, putting up my own label I had the chance to put in my own artwork but this yeah, was yeah. like photography and and lettering and uh some small drawings also mm-hmm. or yeah some some graphic design things and um I think I did I put a selection of of the drawings on the on the website years ago but then I took them off also. okay yeah and um yeah, now this is a different look at them because now I'm really looking at the paper and going into my old, old, uh, how do you say that? All these uh, folders with uh, paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And feel the paper and see the paper, and uh, it's a, that's a different thing. So yeah. this is definitely a first thing. Yeah. And so, how does this connect with the music? So, as far as I understood, you're you are recording or have recorded a bunch of stuff. Um, is is it? stuff that is inspired by the drawings is it things that you think are parallel to the drawings is there also a sense of looking back in the in the music or is it kind of um i mean how i suppose the question is what is the connection between the drawings and the music that you're presenting i never realized there was a connection okay and um now what it connects is the fact that it's all happening in my little studio it in the back of the garden, which mm. is a, sh- wood, a wooden shed. Yeah. It's like this room. Yeah. But then it's, you know, it's my world apart from everything. Yeah. And everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, my drawings are there. My old books are there. The piano is there. The bass is there. Old toys are there. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. Like the, yeah. the boy things are there. <laughs> and... Um, I was looking for image, working or thinking about this project in combining um, music with image. And I did this before in, in a kind of a solo bass project. It was called Glirum uh, Ex Machina. Yeah. And my wife, my wife uh, Annegien, made um, little movies. Mm-hmm. And we put it together with a soundtrack with it. And I play along with the soundtrack, which was um, related to the image. So I'm and I'm still working on that idea. I find it attractive. But then I was thinking about the image. Like, okay, so I need more more films about what and uh, making ideas. And then I suddenly realized I have image already. Yeah, I have the drawings, mm-hmm. and they are actually um, they matching a lot of my music uh, completely. Mm. So. I found a connection, but it's not. Yeah, for me, it's it's, it's more that uh, I might be, um, um, you know, like in a period of intensive music is great to to uh, change with a totally different subject, which mm-hmm. is draw, drawing. Yeah, a, a different kind of concentration. Yeah, right. But so, do I understand correctly from that that you kind of found? You found links between the music that was already existing and the drawings that were already existing, or did you write new music associated with the drawings, or is it a combination of the two? I think the the, the latter one is. It, I think it's coming now because I'm still. I still have time to make this whole project. Yeah, I did find music that matches the drawings that I have, so that's all old stuff. That's actually looking back. But meanwhile, now I'm getting. Um, Especially musically, I'm getting ideas of, uh, that I'm, I can now uh, think of music that really matches to some of the, the drawings or a series of drawings. Mm-hmm. And I would like to make that, yeah. which will happen the rest of the year. Yeah. And so what, what, shape does that, what shape does that music take? Because you're obviously very, um, uh, very varied in your output. 
Um, it's even to the extent that you make records as a piano player and then you make records as a bass player yeah. and obviously yeah. like all that stuff. So is that like, is there a fixed lineup that you're going to deal with? Do you know who who it's going to be? Is it a lot of solo things? Like what what shape is the music going to take? Um, actually, Pat, I'm not really very, uh, there's not really a plan. Okay. <laughs> I work, uh, uh, or work, and this stuff I do is very, uh, uh, how do you say that, intuitive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how, I, yeah. <clears throat> it's really about um, these moments of feeling very good and very motivated to go into some subject, just mm-hmm. a small musical su- subject or, or uh, whatever, and I really go into it, kind of feverish, uh, obsessed, Doing it, and then later on, I have to realize what is it and what can I do with it. Okay. But of course, uh, uh, with with uh, this project, I'm thinking about more about uh, making the real combinations. But I find it hard to to really pinpoint and to to define when it's about this and that, and it's important to make this connection. And uh, yeah, that's not my strongest point. <laughs> But so, um, I mean, I'm, I, I I am interested in 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 discussing that idea, which mm. is um, there was a really nice sentence on on your crowdfunding page, which which was that you kind of see a parallel between the pencil on the page and the bow on the string. Yes, um, and I feel like just that notion of different tools, but like. A parallel experience in, in creativity is interesting and and even more so because obviously there is the bass and there's also the piano and there's also like drawing and composing like um so c- can you explore that notion a bit more for me like t- tell me a bit how like how do you see that that parallel specifically is it just that na- notion of like intuition and it just happens like what what is the no, thank you for mentioning that. That's uh, that's actually what it is about. It's it's the um, um, so like music is my profession, right? So and and there is a, I'm even a teacher in music, <laughs> yeah, in double bass play, playing. Sure. And um, but I'm also quite aware of my um, uh, of the of the lot of things that I cannot do on a double bass that even students can do better than than I. Mm-hmm. But in the end, what is really important is the touch of the music, is the the sound of your, is the tone that you can make, yeah. which is the touch, mm-hmm. or what, not even only the touch. It's 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 a lot, and um, it's the notion of simplicity that um, I'm actually I'm really attracted to the. Simplicity of tone, the, the 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 emotion of the tone, the emotion of the the stroke, that the feeling that it, that can give. Mm-hmm. If I hear um, Von Freeman play the tenor saxophone, he has a tone that immediately moves me, and it's totally not about. Well, he's a very skilled. He was is a very skilled player. But it, the tone is, that's what it's all about in, in my, my uh, appreciation. Yeah. But so how do you see the parallel between that, that and the, uh, I suppose, like the physical skill in, in drawing in that sense? Like, is there an equivalent to tone in, in drawing for you? Yes, because it's, I, I cherish now this, Almost uh, there's there's a little bit of clumsiness in the in the drawing also. There's like probably uh, uh, big mistakes in there in when it's about perspective or about uh, shadows or about uh, shapes or uh, I, I mean I draw very figurative. Yeah. As well as I play music very figurative also more than abstract. Hmm. And um, but the, the this well clumsiness is a bit strong word word. Unbeholpenheid would be a nice word for it. <laughs> I can't help you there. I'm not well, sure. <laughs> you can look it up in the Fair enough. Advanced Learner's Dictionary of <laughs> Dutch Language. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
It's a kind of pureness. It's not. It's like it's not. Um, I'm not trying to make the biggest art in the world. It's just uh, um, a, f- a reflection of things that I do. And mm-hmm. um, now I see uh, more uh, similarities in the drawing and in the and playing the music. Mm-hmm. My piano playing. I've heard better piano players. Definitely. I hear all the time better, really great piano players mm-hmm. in what they can do. But I don't hear that often the tone that I'm really that I really would like to hear. Yeah. I have to make it. Yeah. And um well that's that's what it's coming to for me. Yeah. It sounds like there's something really kind of uh, Kind of human scale about it. Somehow. Definitely, um, definitely. Can you can you elaborate on? You just said you consider your music to be figurative. Um, I feel like there's a clear definition in my mind of what like visual art uh, is when when we describe it as figurative. But how would you describe figurative music? Are we talking about like stylistic things? Like what what exactly do you mean by that? For me, it means. Uh, um so you have, like in drawing, you have a white paper and you start doing something and then I might end up drawing a tree. Mm-hmm. If it's about music, and let's say especially music that is not there yet, so you just start playing, mm-hmm. that's your white paper. And you know the possibilities are endless. And I, I, um, I've heard a lot of music. There is all kinds of, how do you say that? These these uh, images in my head in in sound. Mm-hmm. But then some something comes out. So you just start playing on your bass, and something comes out. And I can observe that where I will go to is to um, music. Or sounds that will use tonality, mm-hmm. or use rhythm, or refer to music that I've heard before, yeah, and of which I know other people have heard it before too. That's it's what ha- it it is what happens. So in that respect, it's it's not this um, totally uh, open new improvisation that. Um, that that brings music that you never heard before. That the music is not sounding like anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it does sound like something else. Yeah. It it's this whole dilemma of playing uh, jazz music in a way for me. Yeah. It's it, so. I'm here in Holland. I've never been. I'm, yeah, I've been. Uh, you know, after my studies on on the conservatory, I, w- I wanted to go to uh, New York and visit my friend Curtis Clark, mm-hmm. and and be um, submerged in in jazz music. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it was a cultural shock. It was a different continent with different language, different culture, everything. Yeah. So I just went home mm-hmm. and thought, "Fun, okay, this is." Uh, I think I should stick to uh, classical music or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a great love for this music, and I and I really like to play it. But it, but it is a bit. It's well, we have an own culture here in jazz music in Holland, so I'm really grateful for that. I can Absolutely. fit in. I can fit in that one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you are one of the figures that kind of has defined that culture to a large extent. Like I didn't it, define it. Well, you've pushed forward. I feel like in the modern day, there are um, there are people that I would point to as like uh, proponents of that aesthetic, and I would certainly point to you. Obviously, I wouldn't necessarily say that you um, you started it, no, but you no, certainly no. do push it into the into the modern. No, era. it's true. It's it's um, a scene I feel I always felt very uh, attracted to, and yeah. and why also because uh, quite a lot of people that I met in this scene. Like Young Case Dance, who was my mentor in the beginning, uh, a tenor saxophone player, um, Han Benning, or Guus Janssen, Wim Janssen, 
Isha Mengenberg. These people, and many more, these people they knew or know a lot about art or about other things or history or geographic or mm -hmm. totally different things. And these things are being discussed and uh, being integrated in, the, in life. And I found that amazing. Yeah. And uh, really great. And not only, so it's not only about um, a musicians, musician scene, and you talk about uh, the chords <laughs> or, the, or the changes or the, yeah. it's not, the, or the jokes. Mm -hmm. No, it's the, well, happily there were jokes, but uh, no, I did just, the, I, I really love that. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah, I think that's kind of an important notion, the idea that, um, certainly with jazz music, which I feel like has uh, has often had a kind of like weird relationship between looking back and looking forward at the same time. The notion of not being too self-referential um, in what you do, I think is really important. And indeed, I, I recognize that in that scene is that people are bringing all kinds of other things, which is also part of what this project is, I suppose, which is, well, you know, if you're tying pictorial expression to musical expression, then obviously there's... Um, um, cross-pollination, I suppose, is mm -hmm. maybe the best way to put that, mm -hmm. um, which which is important when you're dealing with, especially in like a, a scene and a time when, um, when there is so much information about that very specific topic, which is jazz music out there that, and in schools, people can basically just learn everything about what, how you're supposed to do that thing. And then, you know, maybe it's also just important to <laughs> like explore other avenues, uh, uh in that sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do uh, this is maybe a like very uh, general uh, question and going quite far back, but like, when did improvisation become part of your life? Like, was it always there? Was that because the way you talk about about dealing with the blank page as like picking up your instrument and playing? Like, I mean, I I, I understand that you studied classical music early on and stuff, but like, what? Yeah. What, when did improvisation come into the picture? When did jazz come into the picture? Was was that always something that was in the background? Yeah, I think so. I started playing the guitar when I was um, 14, 15 or something. Mm -hmm. I found this guitar at the, at the neighbor's house. It was a very old, totally, uh, uh, how do you say that? Like a, a bad guitar, you know, a bad shape. <laughs> Yeah, high steel strings on it, and uh, you know, it, it, this this is when in this is in uh, late sixties. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've heard the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, Pretty Things and all that. Yeah, and that was a major major hit. So I had to go to do that stuff, and and of course, in that music there is. Some piano playing, mm -hmm. which is rock and roll, boogie, boogie, boogie-ish, some, some of that stuff. And through that music, I could find out through the Dutch hero, Rob Hoeke, mm -hmm. what was uh, uh, boogie, woogie about. Yeah. And, and then I could learn through the library in our city, which had a great record collection. Mm. I could find out the roots of that music. And meanwhile, I was, uh, or before that, so I learned this guitar. I don't know, I didn't know anything about guitar, but I had the instrument. I took it up to the attic in my room mm. and start playing it. And I was like, I mean, this sounded like nothing. <laughs> but it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. So you have this moment for yourself. Like, you know, you have this big treasure and you took it home and... Uh, and you just start playing and and putting a finger down on the string and uh, sound comes out and it's what it was like mesmerizing. Yeah, it was incredible. So it, I find that quite essential for my uh, for my approach to music. Yeah, it is improvising. It's just you you know it's it's like the the sound that comes out not bothered by any knowledge of the instrument it, and it's fantastic yeah and then of course then <clears throat> you learn about how to tune it um 
think one of the first things I played was uh, what I learned to play just by myself is uh, I wanted to play all when the saints come marching in. I don't know why. I don't know where I got it from. Yeah. I think we had one jazz record at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still the best jazz record that I know. But um, I still think that that's another connection between whether it's drawing or music. You might have, uh, especially as a kid, so you have this rainy Wednesday afternoon and you're free and there's no friends to play with or you don't want to play with friends and you just want to play at home. And um, so you play. It could be with toys on the carpet and you you really go up in your wor- little world there. Mm-hmm. And the same with the music and the same with drawing. It's you create a new world and you live in it. Yeah, That's, for me, is uh, improvisation. Yeah. I yeah, that's say. that's. I find that a really beautiful notion, and I I wonder how how do you maintain that kind of sense of wonder? That I mean, I I I've, I feel like I've seen that a lot in your playing and, and in in the way you approach music, and also in the way you you teach and talk about music. Like, how do you maintain that kind of yeah sense of wonder, sense of excitement, kind of thing when you've been doing this for for, for decades now? Um, like, is there a way that you can recapture that sense of I just have a guitar and I'm going to put my finger on the string and see what happens? Like, is is that something that you can can recapture? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, on and off because um, there is activities in in uh, let's say uh, so called uh, professional ways, and it might take you away from the root, from the source of yeah. this joy. Because you're dealing with people and or difficult music or situations or or whatever, mm-hmm. so it, it, it goes into another dimension. And um, yes, um, then when you, when you withdraw and 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 uh, and you think about stuff and then. Uh, uh, Sometimes you have to remember yourself about that, about the original idea of playing music. Mm-hmm. Some sometimes other people remind you, and uh, thank God we have YouTube and some you can see stuff <laughs> that you didn't never saw before, but that's exactly what you always wanted to hear or yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps. That's amazing. No, sure. I suppose like there's an, maybe an interesting bridge there with um, you touched on it really quickly that that you teach, of course. Um, and I mean, I was a recipient of of your teaching, so that's um, that's how we first met. Um, how um, I always felt like you were one of the one of the people in in the school, certainly who was if not directly involved in, at least really connected and very interested in what is happening with the, with the new generations and, and, and currently going on and has been going on and stuff. Um, is that a fair statement, first of all? And, and how do you, like, how have you seen, like, the music and the scene evolve, I suppose, uh, over time throughout your, your career? That's maybe a super vague question, <laughs> No, that's also something that fits beautiful in a, in a in a looking back. Of of course, mm-hmm. it's, I see things change. I, I I notice things change. Also in my uh, music practice, things change. Yeah, the amount of concerts, the mm-hmm. the venues, the the names that disappear. Like um, just to mention it, like. We always had uh, Huub van Riel as uh, artistic director of the Bimhuis. Yeah, this man meant a lot to me in my so-called musical career because yeah. he gave me so many opportunities to play with incredible people, mm-hmm. with Art Holtz, fantastic piano player, mm-hmm. with Jimmy Nepper, Benny Mopin. A number of names I would never have played if he wasn't there. <clears throat> or he made combinations. He, he set up fun. Why don't you play trio with Han Benning and uh, Michiel Borslav? We did great concerts. Yeah. 
So, uh, well, you know, and that, um, of course, we might have spent too much money on musicians and hotels for them and and guests lists and uh, <laughs> and stuff. So he's, I think that's why they fired him. But for me, he was, of course, great. <laughs> of course, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I think there's there's a good good uh, board now at uh, at BIM House. I don't know exactly, but uh, I think it's good people. No, definitely. Yeah. And uh, But the times is different, and mm-hmm. now they have to watch the, the money. And uh, yeah. I've grown up in a period that it wasn't like that. There was a lot of possibilities, a lot of opportunities. I suppose there's also kind of a parallel with the sense of wonder there, which is that like programming from a position of wonder is interesting in, yes. in the case of Hoop to be like, I'm going to just do this. Yes. It doesn't matter if it costs yes. too much money. It doesn't matter if at the end of the day it costs me my job. <laughs> like yes. You're just going to create uh, uh. create things and make the things that you want to hear, I suppose. Yeah. So, I mean, so this this is a, a big luck that I had. And of course, I'm because I'm, I'm confronted with the students now, all the time. <clears throat> so how is it for them? And... Um, Well, it's that's it's amazing to see, and happily, every now and then I hear amazing things coming out of the students or the the projects they make or their final exams or the just the, the things that they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're part of this group with the Tin Man with the Tony. It's yeah. amazing. It's totally amazing. I don't know if Tony was. I think he's from The Hague, right? Or in that's no, cool. no, he's, he's or from in here. Amsterdam also. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I never. Played with him. Um, I'm a big fan what he does, mm-hmm. especially since he did his version of uh, Errol Garner piece. Man, that was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Are you still playing it? Yeah, once in a while. Oh Pentas my, yeah. that's incredible. Do this kind of a live transcription of uh... <laughs> man. That's too much. That's that's really great. But also, of course, all these other stuff. It's amazing. And. Um, and it keeps going. This this fantastic players coming up, and um, I've been listening here on your podcast to this interview with uh, Thijs Meis. I found it very very interesting what he has to say, yeah. also about visual arts and uh, and a whole lot of other things. It's you know it's no bullshit. It's really good stuff. He's <laughs> he's on to something. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's different times now, so there's not the BIM house in the old form, so they have to find other possibilities. Mm-hmm. And of course, find the other good people that will program them or help them or give them opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think they are there, definitely. But the circumstances are a bit different. Yeah, I think it, it it's a matter of creating our own opportunities nowadays. It's a lot of, I mean, certainly the way Tin Men started was that, like Tony yes. literally... Couldn't get a gig at the BIM house, so he rented out his own space, like yeah. basically a gallery space, and put on a show once a month, uh, which was also interesting because that attracts a different kind of audience. Because people, people that would typically go to the BIM house, would not necessarily come to that, and vice versa. So you get you get to um, kind of bring the music into a different space and, and to different people. It's, it's kind of a that's certainly the way I, I've seen things evolve in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I I want to touch on the 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 actual. Um, I, I want to touch on your piano playing specifically, oh. um, because I. I mean, first of all, was was piano always just something that was a like that was happening? Have you always been playing the piano? Um, because I suppose. It's probably not true because now people will probably also know you very well as a piano player because I I see it's interesting to look at like the the Clarem Omnibus records because it's mostly piano trio stuff and it is basically half the time you're playing the piano and half the time you're playing the bass and like you'll have a piano player in the trio or you'll have a bass player in the trio. Um, And I suppose that the commonality there is that it's always like the piano kind of. Um, can, can you speak to your relationship to the piano and what, like, um, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, when I I actively started doing music, 
it started with the guitar and I re- and I had some lessons, also some classical lessons, and uh, I love to do that. But then what I found, I would I would go to the piano and try how would it sound on the piano, mm-hmm. and then it um, yeah in the end the piano took over totally. Also because I had this nice little Spanish guitar, I still have it, mm-hmm. but it's a bit. Motorically, you know, with, uh, yes, well, I found it uh, limited, sort of, yeah. for me. And the piano, on the contrary, is, is uh, endless. Is uh, I love the sound, and I love piano music. I love a lot of piano music. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's because of my mother. She played piano. We had four children at home, and she tried to still to, to to uh, maintain her piano playing, and she would play nice classical music or light classical music, mm-hmm. music from her country uh, Switzerland, and that really um, that 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 has always been in my ear, and it still is. I like this uh, home situation music, piano music. Yeah. And also, it, it, you know, like it has a kind of, uh, it was for her pleasure, so she brought in the piano in the house. My father had to buy one for her. And then it was used on uh, when there were birthday parties or something, and uh, uncles and friends would come over and they would bring the violin, and I would come and play... Uh, some chords in the, in the gypsy music or something... Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but I had. I think I had good ear, and this guy was ama- he was amazed. He had, he had really fun. Mm-hmm. We all had fun. It yeah. was great. So that this that's also this unpretentious thing of playing music. It's you know it's for uh, it's for people. It's for uh, for yeah. party. It's for uh, fun. Yeah, because I take it that you never like uh, academically studied the piano, whereas you did go to the conservatory for the bass. No, right? but I had piano lessons. At the music school in in Deventer, but this was a classical piano lessons. The teacher, Frau Ralt, she was very open and she really gave me opportunities from uh, to try to do my own things. But actually, I'm very grateful to her that she taught me some principles of piano playing, which is about how to hit the key. Yeah, <laughs> more that than uh, uh, how to make the tone, right? So yeah. not so much about. Uh, Fingerings or stuff. Well, it has to do with fingering. Yeah. And um, yeah, so no, that that that, that, that that was useful. But of course, the the my teachers were uh, the boogie woogie piano players, and mostly, I think, uh, Thelonious Monk, and uh, mm-hmm. of course, Errol Garner and Oscar Peterson, and uh, yeah. I wonder, All of them. I'm, I mean, uh, I, I feel like I keep kind of going round and round in, the, in, in this, but I wonder how you perceive the relationship between your bass playing and your piano playing. I mean, I know that I, uh, I was trained as a classical trombone player for a while, and mm-hmm. then obviously I, I, now I play the bass, and, and I have a clear kind of frustration in my mind, which is that I do not have the facility anymore on the trombone that I used to, and therefore... I feel like there's a kind of a direct link between my technique and and my ears and my instrument with the bass, which I don't have as much on trombone. Um, and that does not seem to be the case with you, but I wonder if there is a sense of, um, just like you say that you see a parallel between the bow and the pencil, like do you see a, a parallel between the way you approach the bass and the way you approach the piano? Are there things that you feel your you express better through the bass or through the piano like is is there like a is there like a direct equivalent between the two or do you like see a contrasting thing there it is um one aspect is also the um, so i for example i'm getting really hot on the bass because i'm on a, in a subject and it's let's say it's with the ball and the thing yes man and now i'm going to do this i'm going to record with uh, Uri Kane and make a recording yeah. with both bass mm-hmm. and then we did it 
I listened to it. I said, man, it's really bad. Bad, boring bass. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, I managed to cut out the worst part. So it's still, it's, it's nice. It's nice CD. You can no, definitely. I, I agree. I don't, There's I, some I would, good stuff uh, on it, definitely. Yeah. But the whole idea I had was much uh, bigger, you know, like from this is really about, you know, about your chops on the bass and how can I do it, how will it feel and how will it sound and how will the vibrato come out. Yeah. All these details, well, not details, but it, important, important stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, anyway, I was not satisfied. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, I was frustrated. And um, to that extent that I have the idea from, okay, well, let's stop this thing. It's no use. It's uh, Let's stop playing bass totally. <laughs> I better go play piano. Then I don't have this problem with intonation. And, uh, <laughs> so you can I blame the up, piano tuner then. <laughs> so I build, I build up the whole, and a whole new idea and it's all about piano playing. Yeah. And then I go into that and I make, for example, uh, home recordings. Mm-hmm. I listen to it a bit later and say, come, Ernst, come on, man. You <laughs> cannot do this. It's like, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Don't do this. That's end of, like, like you, I, I feel, because of the time investment, I feel most at home with the double bass in a way mm-hmm. because I really practiced it yeah. in a period of my life. I still sometimes practice, yes. <laughs> And with the piano, it's. I know it's. I, I will practice, but in a way, I know, you know, um, it will get better also. With but, it's definitely what you build up in your young years, on an instrument that really, probably defines your level. I think. Yeah, but so is that. Is there maybe a sense of it's easier to recapture the wonder, at the piano in a certain way because. You're not necessarily burdened by all that baggage That's of true. learning. That's true. Um, so I'm. I can. Uh, so especially in in when musical events didn't turn out the way you would have li- loved to see it or something, then it might be an, an ex- escape. You know, fun. Okay, I go home and I just dream away on this piano, and there is no. Um, how do you say that? There's no expectations because mm-hmm. uh, you're not a piano, piano player anyway. Yeah. Sure. So uh, you can just do that, <clears throat> but it and then uh, yes, well, but especially that thing. For example, my dear wife, she really loves when I play the piano. Yeah. So oh, Ernst, oh, that's so nice when you play that. Mm-hmm. So at the moment like that, I say, come on, man, she really loves it. It's it, it's, maybe it's really beautiful. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe I can do more, more mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. No, I think your piano playing is beautiful. I mean, I was listening to you sent me some recordings that you made with uh, with John Dykeman where you played spirituals. Uh, I was oh, listening yeah, yeah. to that this morning. I think it's really gorgeous. There's like kind of a um, do you know? There's this record, this Hank Jones and Charlie Hayden record yes, where they play yes, spirituals. Yes, 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 I immediately yes. like had that association in my mind because mm-hmm. there's something really unpretentious about that the yes. performance on that record, and I felt like there was something similar there. And it's really interesting as well to hear John in that context. Of course, um, of course, of because course. we're so used to the the wild nature of of him. And, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was really beautiful. Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, that's. I mean, that that means a lot to me, uh, really, because. Uh, yeah, it it means more and more because uh, it's what I do, and um, I like being a musician. And um, I think in the in the bass playing, I still I still have a lot of fun with it. The 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 um, work that I will get with the double bass, it won't increase in the future very much I don't think so unless I make a project myself on the double bass taking a central role or something mm-hmm. but I don't see that so much like you know like this double bass music yeah I like I love it most people don't love it. they're not interested <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> and it's the same with me I'm a player but I'm also a listener 
Mm-hmm. I can listen quite a lot of double bass. That's not a problem. But uh, also by looking back, I can think of I think of the music that I love best. Yeah. What music had made such an incredible impression on me? Of mm-hmm. course, that's Bill Evans' trio. Even not even with Scott Lafaro. No, later. Yeah. Was that Eddie Gomez? I think it's with Eddie Gomez. It, it's this album. <clears throat> it's called uh, what is it called? I don't know. Yeah, yes. Since we met, mm-hmm. that was a long time, and I played that record over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the bass. It plays a very important role. But it's about the piano. Yeah, it's that's the music. It's not about me playing the piano or wanting to play the piano or 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 frustrations this way. No, it's not that. It's just, I'm really enjoying listening to that music. Yeah, and the piano has a very important role in it. Yeah, and that and most of my favorite music that I listen is is the piano. It might also be um, uh, Fasching Schwank van uh, Schumann. Yeah. Or uh, any well, a lot of piano music. Yeah, yeah. Music. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like I also, in your piano playing, I kind of hear the, um, I hear that you're a bass player in your piano playing. You know, there's huh. a sense of like, um, certainly in like listening to you play with, with John, there's this clear sense of like supportive. Yes, and like for I, sure. Like I was saying, like unpretentious and like a a notion of what the music needs rather than a notion of what you want to say or whatever. True, um, Ben. Which, I agree. I agree totally. Which I think is is really quite refreshing at times, especially when you're dealing with like say piano trio music, you know, it's there's been so many piano trios where it was kind of just an excuse to show what the piano player can do. Yes. Uh, which is also beautiful. But yes. um but I feel like your voice on piano kind of has that that uh that in it well i feel that too and i feel um it's difficult enough to do this duo with uh with john not because of him or the, or the combination but it's for me to to uh to play the piano properly to, to push the, to, to uh, push the right chords and everything so there's uh, <laughs> even on that recording there's uh moments of almost uh uh Painful uh, decisions or, or or missions or or things that happen, which is actually good. It's nice. It makes it uh, it makes it understandable and human, and it makes it like a bit the same like this birthday party at home. Yeah, it's just uh, and it's it's so called devoted music. I like that idea mm-hmm. because the, though we as well John as John as me. I think we have some Christian background. I think John has a heavy uh, Christian background. Mm-hmm. I have light. We have knowledge. Let's say that <laughs> yeah. we don't. We're not believers. Yeah. But we are aware of the idea of playing music that is devoted to something that is above humanity or something. Or how mm-hmm. you want to say that? I like that idea actually. Yeah. So yeah. it's not about you being uh, this great player or something no it's about the, the the well let's stop it here yeah no <laughs> it's, re- it's religious <laughs> <laughs> um is there anything that uh that we haven't touched upon that you particularly want to mention um obviously there will be links to the crowdfunding um, yes, on the website so people can go and check that out and um it will be ending what is it the 6th of july i think uh maybe the the third of July or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. So there is still time when you hear this. If you're listening to this in the week of it, uh, it releasing, um, please do go and um, and support and crowdfunding because I think it's quite an exciting project. Thanks. Uh, man. Is there any other stuff that you want to mention? Any stuff that you're up to as a as a sideman? Any things that you? Um, yeah, I feel like we've touched on a lot already, but yes, I think so too. Cool. And so in that case, I always like to end by asking my guests to recommend something, uh, something that you think deserves some attention. It can be anything. It can be music. It can also be a book. It can be a movie. It can be uh, whatever comes to mind, something that you found inspiring. Yeah, what I find uh, really nice to uh, mention here is uh, a photo exposition. 
Okay. And it's in um, Bergen, Noord-Holland. Okay. And um, my wife, uh, Annegien Haaslager, is a photographer. Yeah. And she made beautiful photos. Well, it's more than photos of, uh, of mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, she puts in the handwork by folding the printed paper into new mountains. Mm-hmm. And in like adding a, a kind of a 3D to the pictures. Okay. Yeah. So the strange thing is here, what happens is that you have a, an Im- a flat image of a photograph mm-hmm. of, a th- of a heavy 3D mountain mm-hmm. and then turn it into a 3D again. That's what I really like. Yeah. And they look beautiful. And it's in the old Am- Abbey and Ambro building in the center of Bergen. And the exposition is called She. Well, there will also be links to that uh, at the website. So, um, yeah, uh, Ernst, thanks so much for being on the show today. Pat, it was a great pleasure. Thanks, Han. Once again, if you're listening to this around the time it comes out, go to soundthemoment.com to find links to Ernst's crowdfunding project and get yourself a copy of his upcoming book and album. Many thanks to my fellow members of Catero for providing the intro and outro music. Please subscribe wherever you like to get your podcasts. Leave a favorable review or rating in Apple Podcasts if that's what you like to use. And tell a friend if you know anybody who might like to listen to these kinds of conversations. Go to patreon.com slash moment if you want to make a donation to help me keep the show up and running. Even the smallest amount is really helpful. And thank you so much to those of you who are already donating. You can reach me on Twitter at PackLever. You can like the Sound of the Moment page on Facebook. And of course, you can email me at pat at soundofthemoment.com. I'd like to end the show by playing you a piece of music that features Ernst at the piano this time. Accompanied by Clemens van der Feen on bass and Jamie Pate on drums, this is called Omnibus 4. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Sound of the Moment.
Thank you.